ladies and gentlemen, thanks for tuning in to the Benedetti Veil Podcast. My name's Blue, and I'm here with Stella this morning for a little podcast introduction. How you doing, Stella? Good. Yeah, all right, so we're just here to say that on August 18th, coming up Saturday, Benedettiville, high noon at the Mystic Theater for a family show, the likes of which you have never seen before and may never see again. Yeah, so come on down, Mystic Theater, August 18th, high noon, and uh, it's all part of the Petalama Comedy Festival details and tickets at petalama.com. Did I, did I remember it all, Stella? Um, you think I got enough details in there? I Oh yeah, I I told Benedettiville that wouldn't it be cool if our show was just me playing jazz records, and uh, they were like, no. So uh, I guess that's not gonna happen. It's gonna be all kinds of weird shenanigans, probably running around, hijinks, you know, tomfoolery, that kind of thing. But it'll be fun. I'm gonna be there. Enjoy the podcast, folks. FM, and we are live in the studio here in Petaluma, California. This is Gio Benedetti. You're listening to Benedettiville Small Town Adventures, and I'm with Stella Jean and Maya. Hi, you guys. How you doing? Good. Yeah. Good. Stella, how you doing? Stella is, like, adjusting a microphone. I wish you guys could see. You know those office chairs that uh, that can go up and down and oh, have the little really thing? High. Hers is, like, up to the ceiling, and it looks like a Dr. Seuss illustration with this little girl perched at the top of a gigantically tall chair adjusting a giant microphone. Well, we're very happy to be with you guys today. We have a very lovely show. It's a lot of, we've pulled a lot of our favorites from the good old days. We're going to do some stuff live here. And uh, speaking of doing stuff live here, I wanted to begin because we've been, Stella, you can back me up on this, right? We have been listening to a lot of Shel Silverstein. Reading and listening to a lot of Shel Silverstein at home, and um, um, I can't hear anything out of my headphones. And she can't hear anything out of her headphones. So we're gonna do uh, this, and then once we get into a an, an, uh, piece that we're gonna record, we'll we'll suss out everything. We'll get it all figured out. In the meantime, I'd like to read this poem. It's called 
It don't scare me. Ahem. The Brimblethor is a monster, but it don't scare me. It lives inside the hollow of a brimble tree. It'll fall right on your head and eat you one, two, three. But I always wear a helmet, so it don't scare me. The Slurpy Slake's a monster, but it don't scare me. Slither in the sands around the Silver Sun Sea. It'll grab you with its sticky tongue, a one, two, three. But I use extra spicy sunscreen, so it don't scare me. The Grimple Worm's a monster, but it don't scare me. Way down in its tunnels under Grimple Street, it'll swallow up your car as quick as one, two, three. But I always ride the bus, so it don't scare me. The Krusty Bug's a monster, but it don't scare me. While it skitters through the grasses and the dried-up leaves, it'll bite your pinky toe off sure as one, two, three. But I always have my boots on, so it don't scare me. Mr. Eventrude's a monster. And he sure scares me, sitting at his desk behind a mug of tea. He'll ask me for my homework, sure as one, two, three. But I was busy making maps of all the brimble trees and putting on my sunscreen at the Silver Sun Sea and catching all the buses down at Grimple Street and lacing up my boots in case of dried up leaves. So I never got around to my geometry. But inch! Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Geo, Shell Silverstein Benedetti here on the poetry. It's a joy. And uh, we're going to get into our, our show here. We've got a lot of stuff coming up. But let's let's start it with a word from our sponsors, shall we? Yes, yes. indeed, we, we shall. shall. Okay, well, here we go. Ketchup, 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 it's just so red and tasty. Ketchup, 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 I get it on my face. Ketchup, 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 I buy it at the store. Just when you think you have enough of ketchup, have some more. It's ruby red and succulent, it's best with French fries. Or anything potato, we have any shape or size. Put it on your sandwiches, put it on your eggs. Smear it on your body, on your tummy, arms and legs. It's zingy, tangy, sweet and thick, it's best right from the bottle. To get each drop, you have to bang and shake and squeeze and throttle. I have a cup for breakfast and a thermos full with lunch. At dinner time, I grab it on whatever's there to munch. I brush my teeth with ketchup, I put it in my tea. I'd like to sail a ketchup bottle on a ketchup sea. I take a bath in ketchup. It's also my shampoo. I feed some ketchup to the animals when I go to the zoo. Ketchup, ketchup, ketchup. It's just so red and yummy. Ketchup, ketchup, ketchup. I chew ketchup flavored gummies. Ketchup, ketchup, ketchup. I eat it off the floor. Just when you think you've had enough of ketchup, have some more. Yeah, that's right. That's ketchup. That's the ketchup advertisement for ketchup. Thanks to the sponsor, Ketchup. And that one goes out to Miss Emma Lyon Benedetti, biggest ketchup fan in the known universe back at home. <laughs> Way to go, Em. Uh, the next one we're going to play. She really does put ketchup on everything that there is to munch. It's true, uh, except for when mom and dad say, hey, no ketchup on that, or that's enough ketchup, or stop pouring ketchup on everything, <laughs> or why is there two inches of ketchup on the floor of the house? How come you're riding a raft on a lake of ketchup in our downstairs? And uh, we don't have a lake of ketchup. How did downstairs. we get that much ketchup? Well, in I guess house? we kind of do when she eats because then she just pours the whole bottle onto the floor and yeah. then gets the ketchup bottle and sits on it on the ketchup puppet. Yeah, it's like a ketchup boat. It's like yeah. riding a ketchup bottle across the ketchup seas. Um, we're gonna, which, said in the which is a, it's all all inspired from life. Yep. Okay. Well, the next thing we're going to do is we're going to check in with um, our game designer. Now we have a game designer. And what? This poor guy. You? Yeah, the game designer works uh, at a very very rough company. Oh, You'll yeah, hear. The game You'll hear it. Here it comes. 
lazy brutes. I need games. My name is Mortimer T. Glub, and Glub Games is my business. We make the biggest, loudest, most expensive games you can buy. I want games with a million parts. I want kids to lose the parts and have to buy the game again. I want fancy, fragile games that will break when the kids play with them and have to buy the game again. What I really want is money. Lots and lots of it. Uh, okay, what the, but don't, don't you also want fun games, good games that are, that are fun to play? Would you like some fun games also? Fun games? Fun games are games that make us money, and don't you forget it. When you're coming up with games for my company, I want you to use Glove's Golden Guide. It's the GGG. Number one, could it be more expensive? The more expensive the game, the more money I make. Pure and simple. Number two, could it have more flashing lights and loud noises? The more lights and noises, the more expensive we can make it. Those things are useless, but they look fancy. And then parents get mad. They're annoying. They throw them away, and they gotta buy another game. Number three, could it be more complicated? Complicated games can have more parts, more things to lose, more things to break. The more the kids lose and break, the more money we make when they have to buy them all over again. And number four, could it have sequels, expansion packs, anything we can do to suck the poor kids into buying more things. Also, coming up with a sequel is easier than coming up with anything original, so we're saving money while we're making money. Now, what do you have for me? What games can we add to the Glove Games catalog this year? You! Hey, you over there! What are you doing hiding under the table? Get out here and tell me your idea! <laughs> yes, sir! Okay, well, I was, I was thinking we could start a series of games called 100 Stars, and the, the first game would come with 100 small, pointy light-up stars. I like it, I like it. Lots of small pieces, lots of lights. Go on, go on. Oh, yeah, yeah, yes, sir! Okay, well, the game would be that the players would use the stars. And then who what cares what the game is? We got pieces, we got lights, we can make a hundred stars part one the solar system, a hundred stars part two the galaxy, a hundred stars part three deep space. We can do tie-ins with space movies. We'll make millions. Uh, oh yeah. Yes, I w but the, but the game. Okay, now I, I think that the, the way the game is played is all just you. We're done with a hundred stars. On to the next idea. You over there, with a big smile on your face. What's your idea? Uh, uh my idea is a, a game called Tag, sir. Talking. Okay, well, in this game, you get a group of kids, okay? And, and one kid is it, and the kid that's it has to tag one of the other kids, and another kid gets tagged. That kid is it. And you just run around like crazy, and you're always, like, trying to run away from whoever's it, right? And you're trying to tag someone else because you're it, and you could do you could do it inside, you could do it outside. You really, really, you could do it anywhere. How expensive is it? Oh, uh, it's free, I guess. I mean, it, you don't buy it, you just play it. What about lights and noises? Oh. I, I guess you could, like, yell and laugh while you're playing. You know, you'll probably be laughing, but uh, it, it doesn't need any lights or any noises, really. It's just, you know, it doesn't sound complicated. Is it complicated? <laughs> no, definitely not complicated. It's just a really fun, simple game, you know? Like, yeah. Sequels, expansion packs, like Tag 2, The Return of Tag. Realms of Tag, expansion number 7. 
Backyard tag. Expansion for front yard tag. Ultimate tag with LED taggy gloves. Yeah, you don't need any of that. That's that's crazy. Why would you do that for tag? You don't need it. What kind of game is that? No one will ever play a game like that. Tag? It's ridiculous. A game that's free with no parts and no lights and no noises that isn't complicated. It doesn't have sequels. Get out of here. Hey. Hey, what, what, what are you doing? Walking over here. What are you on about? Get that finger away from my nose! <laughs> Tag! You're it! <laughs> Tag. Ridiculous. All right, next idea. And this one better be expensive and complicated. I don't know if you guys are getting this through the uh, through the microphones, but we're back live in the studio. That was Tag, performed by yours truly and my brother Mike. Um, but uh, we had somebody vacuuming upstairs in the studio, and it sounded like someone was playing the didgeridoo or, like, flying <laughs> helicopters. Or, or mowing the yeah, lawn. Yeah, the lawn. I don't think there's a lawn on Yeah, yeah. But you don't know, because you've never been upstairs. Maybe it's like an indoor lawn store. <laughs> or maybe they sell lawnmowers and they have to show customers how they work. Maybe I don't they know like to shred up the floor. Maybe. Maybe there's Unless a there's whole a thing of... Maybe there's like a patch of never... Or of ever-growing grass. And the faster they mow, the uh, more... The faster it grows. Like the book from Dr. Seuss. Yes. Exactly, like that poor kid that has to mow that gigantic lawn. Lawn of ever-growing grass. Oh, man, yeah. You're ever so much, much more lucky. Yeah. Ever so much more unlucky than you. Um, Do you know how um, lucky you are? Do you know how lucky you are? Ah, yes, thank you. I couldn't remember the title. Well, hey, I'm glad you brought up Bookstell because we are um, headed straight into the Benedettiville Book Club. And we have a special... I'm going to wait on this, though, because I think that everybody forgot about what our book club is. The idea, ladies and gentlemen... It's a book club. It's a book club, but but there's two books. One is like a chapter book that the family can all read aloud together, and the other one is a picture book that you could read aloud together, but uh, it wouldn't be... Well, one of them... Well, they're both kind of chapter books. Well, I'm going to, um, what I wanted to do was I wanted to play our book club interview slash introduction from last time so that we can all remember together. Let's remember together. So here I am, downtown Petaluma at Copperfields Books. And the idea that we had at Benedettiville was what if there were some fun books that we could all read as a family? Picture books and read aloud books. And then we thought, well, we just don't know what those books would be. And then we thought, we know the person who would know what those books would be. And and that would be Patty Norman. That's why I'm here. Hi, Patty. Hi, Gio. Uh, thanks for helping us out here. So the idea would be for there to be a picture book that we could all read and that the parents are going to enjoy and the kids are going to enjoy. Okay, sounds good. And then part two is a book that we could read aloud to the kids. Oh, perfect. I've got two great suggestions. What do we got? Okay, so the E.B. White Read Aloud Award, which is given every year, E.B. White won or wrote Charlotte's Web. Yeah. And every year they give one for the best read aloud book. This year, just awarded this week, seriously. Seriously? The Wolf, the Duck, and the Mouse got the E.B. White 
read aloud a word for 2018, and it is really fun. Oh, my goodness. So that would be my recommendation for a picture book. Well, Great illustrations. That's a like story. Fun. Okay. My chapter book, one of my favorite ever, is called Toys Go Out by Emily Jen- Jenkins, who also writes for teens. It's so funny. It's about three critters. Lumpy the Buffalo, Stingray the Stingray, and Plastic, who's not quite sure what she is. And their adventures in the house. They're worried about the dryer, whose name is Frank. Tuck Tuck has a towel on the bathroom floor. Tuck Tuck knows everything. And oh it's my so fun. There's three in this series. This is the first one. I honestly love these books. Um, I'm really excited. That is great. Okay, so if anybody wants to join our Benedettiville uh, family book club, those are our first two books, and then we'll read them as a family. And then the fun part is that we'll talk about what we think about them uh, on this next week, two weeks. I don't know. How long is it going to take to get through them? Not that long. We don't know. <laughs> um, thanks, Patty. Sure. And then when we need more books, can we come back and ask you again? Always. Awesome. Thanks a bunch. You're welcome. Thank right. you. So long. Okay. Uh, so that was that. Was that. Now, um, that was months ago. Right there in the interview, you heard me say it's going to take us like one week or two weeks. And it only took us a couple weeks to like actually read them. But then we never reported on them because then summer vacation happened. Who knows what happened? But we're here now. We're here now to talk about the books. And we read Toys Go Out. Stella? What? What did you think about Toys Go Out? It was a funny book um, because Plastic didn't know what she was. And so she thought, oh, maybe I am, um, it was like a... A plastic. Yeah, like, like she kept I'm looking a at us. Yeah, <laughs> and then remember when they went then, to the beach? Yeah, and she and she um. The shark. Yeah, the shark, which was a dog. It <laughs> <laughs> was a great book. Chewed her, yep. and she had to get patched up. Yep. And Thank goodness. Yeah, and she was just a super funny, funny book. Yeah. I really liked it. I thought that the way that it was written was uh, quite delightful, and that the little toy characters all, like, it, it, you, you, you became instant friends with them, and uh, it was really wonderful. And, um, Buffy? Yeah. Buffalo. Was, Buffy? The no, vampire uh, no. I forget what it was. Yeah. Something like that. Yep. It, um, it was a little buffalo. He got peanut butter or jam or something. Exactly. Like that. And then he had to go, and go in the washing machine. And all the and the washing machine talked. Yep. So did a towel named Tuck Tuck. Yeah, Tuck Tuck was like the MVP of the book, always coming in and helping out. Yeah. Well, and so. then and then all that the dryer did was. Mm, yeah. That sounds like something a dryer would say. No, it doesn't. Well. Uh, I really, we really enjoyed the book. And then The Wolf, the Duck, and the Mouse is... Is a funny, funny book. Exactly. And it's not uh, maybe like the traditional, um, like, Mother Goosey, Disney-like type of fairy tale. It's a, it's got a little bit more bite. Haha, <laughs> get it, bite with a wolf in it. And, <laughs> yeah, it's got a little bit more uh, uh, attitude in it, which is really quite lovely. And so, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, we are going to uh, start a next phase of the Benedettiville Book Club. And... In order to inaugurate like this next section of our Benedettiville Book Club, we recorded a new theme song for the Benedettiville Book Club. And not just not just me, but the entire family got on it and our wonderful neighbors Maya and Leah. So here it comes as we start Benedettiville Book Club. Let's start. Okay, you guys ready for our theme? Here it comes. Oh, 
man, that's so good. We got to hear that again. Except for oh, all that man. they said was book club. Book, book club. Well, watch out, Jackson Five, because uh, we're all that's that's going that's going to stay at the top of the charts right there. Okay, well, for this next version of the Benedettiville Book Club. Uh, Stella, do you remember what, what the books are going to be? Uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and Toys Go Out and... Wait, wait, wait. Toys Go Out was last time. Oh. We're going to do Charlie <laughs> and the Chocolate Factory by... Roald Dahl. Just my absolute... I he's so... He's such a great writer. So we're going to read Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Uh, and that'll be a good time. And then for the picture book. Now this is going back to Dad's favorites growing up. And this is going to be... Cowardly Clyde by Bill P. I'm dead. What? Um, <laughs> I'm not sure where that came from. But Stella is not, in fact, dead, ladies and gentlemen. She's okay. She's over there on her chair. <laughs> yeah. And so for our version of the Benedettiville Book Club, this, this version we're going to do. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and Cowardly Clyde. That's Roald Dahl and Bill P. We'll be reading those, and then we'll tell you, you know, That'll be uh, our enjoyable little uh, little books we'll to read. I don't think we'll be able to read the whole entire thing of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Maybe it'll take a couple of weeks. Oh, hey, the didgeridoo player is back. The lawnmower is back. What? The um, airplane landing upstairs. Okay, well, if anybody wants to read along with us, those are the books. You can check them out wherever you check out books. And uh, I think we should probably play the theme one more time before... We move on to the next thing. Maybe one more time. Okay, here we go. All right, here we go. On to the next thing. with me, Robert Boss, the world's only painter on the radio. My innovative techniques and brilliant painting solutions have gotten me kicked out of every art school and every TV station I've ever been in so far. But the good folks here at Benedettiville have seen fit to give me a chance on their very, very terrific show. So let's get to it, shall we? Okay, this week, in keeping with the theme, let's just paint ourselves a dragon. Just a happy, swirly dragon flying around his happy sky up there, okay? I've got all my paints and materials out here, so just take a quick look at what I have and make sure you have what I have, okay? We don't have time to go into every detail, because these radio segments, they come real fast and furious, don't they, folks? Okay, well, let's get painted. I'm going to just squeeze this tube of blue paint into my hand here and just sort of heavily smear it onto the canvas. Yeah, there we go. Just, just like that. And if it's squishing through your fingers and making a general kind of douchey sound, then you're doing it right. Uh-huh. Okay, now a bit more smear here. We've got it. Oh, that looks so nice. 
Okay, next, let's start on the dragon. A happy, slappy, dappy dragon of ours, okay? Now, I'm gonna outline a real nice dragon shape. And you'll notice I'm using mainly my beard and mustache for a brush. It's the best way I've found for outlining dragons. Now then, let's get some color in our dragon, okay? And because I want a real big dragon today, I need a way to get a lot of paint on this pointed, asymmetrical, weird old canvas. And a big brush, maybe even a mop, even my tremendously bushy beard and mustache will be too small for this big job. And that's why I've modified this MS-880 Magnum heavy-duty chainsaw from the Gristle Power Tools Company. There's enough power in here to cut down a forest of trees. And with my little saw-to-brush modification, I can paint 200 square feet a minute. Let's see how it works for a dragon. Here we go. Oh, yeah, that sounded good. Oh, take off our safety gear and uh, have a look. Hmm, isn't that just a beautiful, happy-looking, splattery all-over dragon? And you know what? As a bonus, the rest of the Benedettiville Radio Studio here is covered in paint. Well, you're welcome, Benedettiville. The studio now looks so nice in such a nice, splattery kind of way. You know what? And so is that dragon. And I can't imagine anything we could do to improve this painting. This painting is another Robert Boss masterpiece. The only thing left is to sign it. So I'll just get a little swish of the mustache on there. And we're done. Thank you all so much for joining me. I hope you had fun painting along at home. And we'll see you next time right here on Paint Like a Robert Boss. Take care out there. Man, that guy is just so talented or messy. I'm not so. Uh, he's great. He's personal hero. We're gonna need to change the light bulbs. We're gonna need to change the walls, our clothes, and everything. We're gonna need to change the entire room. So, my Easter dress. I'm sorry, Sal. I should have warned you that Robert Boss was coming in today, but. I'm glad that you're dealing with it so so well. Um, we're gonna we're gonna check out. Do you guys remember the Guardians, the investigation team? Ladies and gentlemen, you might not know, but you're listening to Benedettiville Small Town Adventures right now. We're down in the heart of Petaluma, California, and I'm sitting across from Maya and Stella. How are you guys doing? Uh, I think you well. said that a few hours ago. Yeah, I'm just trying hours. to make sure that everybody's keeping up. With us, you know? <laughs> Gotta keep up. So we're gonna we're gonna check out the Guardians, the first ever Guardians investigation when the Guardians were given their name and when the secret of the White Road was uncovered. But first, let's check out another word from a sponsor. Does that sound like a good idea? Oh, that sounds like a horrible. That's the best idea I've ever heard. Hey, you. 
Yeah, you, listening to the radio, do you love pancakes? Of course you do. Everyone loves pancakes, and that's why you should be subscribing to Pancakes the Magazine. Every month, we'll send you Pancakes the Magazine. Our cover feature this month, David's Grandmother's Buttermilk Pancakes from New Hampshire. See the giant, heavy, spongy, covered in homemade maple butter, delicious, amazing pancakes right there on the cover. See our special features. How much syrup should you drink every day? When to take breaks from pancakes, maybe when you're sleeping, when you're making a new batch of pancakes while swimming. Read about our topping shootout. Maple syrup versus fake syrup versus jam versus powdered sugar versus yogurt versus cinnamon and sugar versus sour cream, lemon and ice cream versus Nutella. See it all. Read about Cynthia Bergenson, a.k.a. the Pancake Monster, a five-year-old who will only eat pancakes from Lake Forest, California. Read the touching story of Pancakes Without Borders. Amazing, big-hearted chefs who go around the world cooking pancakes for people who have never had pancakes. And, of course, leaving them with a book of collected pancake recipes and ingredients. Our feature this month is on Syrup Face, the all-pancake-slash-breakfast-themed punk band. How do they survive on tour? Well, they bring their own pancake mix. That's how. In medical news, you can read the Dr. Buttershins report. Pancakes are a direct source of happiness, so says Dr. Buttershins. Happiness is directly related to the amount of pancakes someone has eaten. He's a doctor, folks. He can't be wrong. All this and more every month in Pancakes, the magazine. Subscribe now. That's how you can see stuff when you're on an Yeah, I love warnings. Get some sentences in there. And that way we can make sure. 
that way we both get the best recovery of me. I don't, I don't want to have that. So get me out of the hospital because it's very suspicious. We need to investigate. The goblin footprints are needed to a road to to a wide road on the hill that I've never seen before. I don't know what it's going to Very, very mysterious road that just appeared out of nowhere all of a sudden. You think you could help me investigate what that road is all about? Yeah. Yeah. So what do you think of it? Where do you think Wait, it's going? I think I see a goblin. Whoa. No way. We're going to need some fire shield. Hey, hey, my dad, I need you to turn off some fire shield, all right? There's a goblin, and uh, you better get ready. You got fire shield. Turn off. We're going to go to the top of this hill. It's called an overpass over here on the Coffee Lake, all right? And when we get to the top of the hill, we're going to see the mysterious black on the hill. Are you ready? like the white road up there. Now, let's check out that magnifying glass and tell me if you see any clues about what that leads to. It leads to fairyland. Fairyland? Oh, that's the best news I've heard all day. I was worried it was trolls the whole time. Now, how did you know that it led to fairyland? I thought that was. Oh, is that what you saw in the magnifying glass? Mm-hmm. That was the clue that you found. Yeah, hey, are you sure that there are no trolls out here? Uh huh. How do you know? Well, I think there are. Because I see a troll 
white in front of us? You do. Okay, come here. If you see a troll right in front of us, what we're going to do is we're going to be real quiet. We're going to turn around. We're going to run back to the car and get in and get out of here as fast as we can. Okay, you ready? Okay, one, two, three, run. Get out of here. <laughs> an investigation we should say investigation team out like that you ready to say that with me you ready okay one two three investigation team out Public spokesperson for the Guardians, and uh, hey, Maya, hey Stella, good to see you guys. Good to see you too. How are you doing? Good. 
Yeah. Okay, great. Extra hey, good. So we because have. I'm seeing you, so I'm doing extra good. Oh, that's a very sweet thing for you to say. <laughs> uh, hey, I've noticed that uh, we haven't done a lot of Guardians mm-hmm. investigation. I have a new thing to um, investigate. What you got? It's the White Tower. Oh, with the mysterious mm-hmm. numbers yeah. on it. It's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yes. Why? Why seven? Why they stop at seven? Know. Oh man, the, that's one of the reasons that we need to check it out. Can I ask you if you do you know what a troll's favorite number is? Seven. You're exactly right. This this I stinks like trolls. We haven't even started yet, but I just have a hunch. You know what I mean? It's just a hunch. Well, there also might be witches. Oh goodness gracious! Who me. knows? But witches' favorite number is six. Okay, yeah. well, so, maybe right. uh, there is a six there. There is a six on there. Maybe the maybe the witches live on the sixth floor. Of the tower, and all the trolls are up on the seventh floor. I don't know either. Well, well hey, Maya. Mine might be a goblin. Maya. Goblins have like. Yeah, would you guys join me on the Guardians investigation team? Yes, sure, I'd love to. I'd like to give a quick shout out to Giacomo because he's my little Guardians investigator, and he's up at Santa Rosa. So, hey, thanks, Giacomo. We're going to do an investigation sometime. We'll come up and hang with you, but uh, maybe this next one for the White Tower in Petaluma. We'll have to check it out. Um, we go by it every day for school. Yeah, well, I got You go by it every day for school also. Yeah. yeah. We take the same route. That's because true. you are right next to me. That's true. And I'm yeah. here. So we have to take the same route. So, uh... Yeah. So you go by... Yeah. Do you know the white tower that has numbered 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7? That's the one. That's the thing that we're going to investigate. So I, I think that it might be, like... Witches, right. goblins. That's there might be seven floors. There might be eight floors. There might be tons of floors. <laughs> floors yeah. everywhere. All right, well, hey, I'm blue, and I gotta, I gotta, I gotta take off right now. You guys gotta get on the next thing. I know, so uh, uh, I'll see you when we do the investigation. Okay. Go do the Guardian paperwork. I gotta go do all my paperwork. That's a good call, Stell. I'm gonna go do that. I'll see you guys next time. All right, uh, uh, blue Guardians investigation team out. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's what you gotta say. Okay, bye. Hey. Hey, guys. It's always nice when Blue comes to visit. Um, I wasn't talking when Blue was talking just because I was listening respectfully. That's all. That's the only reason. Um, you know what that music means? Anybody? You know what that music means? Oh, it's story time. And this is an old story that we've read one time before, but I'm a fan of it. And it's called I Need a Teacher. I wanted to learn to play the banjo, so I went to find a banjo teacher. But the banjo teacher was not easy to find. The forest of banjo teachers was a dense and frightening place, and I couldn't find any trace of a banjo teacher. I came away discouraged, scratched up, tired, hungry, and without catching the faintest glimpse of the mysterious creatures. I needed to learn how to track a banjo teacher. Finding a banjo teacher tracker was not easy. Banjo teacher tracking masters are not common. The only banjo teacher tracking master lived on an island, and the only way to get to the island was by sailing there on a boat. So I had to find a sailing instructor. Sailing instructors can be hard to find because they are always out sailing or instructing people how to sail. And I couldn't sail. Yet. So I had to swim out to where a good sailing instructor might just be sailing by. But I couldn't swim. So I went looking for a swimming coach. The swimming coach was easy to find right there on the side of the pool, yelling at all the swimmers, but she said that she would only teach me if I could defeat her at a game of chess. And I didn't know how to play chess. So, I went out to look for a chess teacher. 
The only way to find a good chess teacher, as everyone knows, is to lure one out of their cozy chess caves with fresh baked cookies. But I didn't know how to bake cookies, so I went to look for a cooking school. I found one, but it was, like all good cooking schools, very well defended with a high stone wall. I couldn't climb over the wall. So I went looking for a master climber who could teach me to climb a very high stone wall. Master climbers are always out on mountains or up very high in trees, and the only way to get a good climbing teacher is to climb. Well, I couldn't do that yet, remember? The only other way to get a good climbing teacher is to play the official call of the master climber on the flute. Well, I certainly couldn't play the flute. And it didn't make a whole lot of sense to me that in order to learn the, to play the banjo and find a banjo tracking master's, swim to a sailing instructor, beat the swim coach at chess, lure a chess teacher with cookies, climb a wall into a baking school, and summon a master climber, then I would have to learn how to play the flute. But you know what? A lot of things in this world don't make very much sense, you know? So I went looking for a flute teacher. North American flute teachers travel in large packs, and they are migratory teachers. I had to find a flautologist to help me learn the ways and the migratory paths of the packs of North American flute teachers. And everyone, it seems, knows a good flautologist. I was pretty much surrounded by experts in flautology, whether it was classes at the local community center or the junior college or just friends and family and neighbors. And it wasn't long before I had plotted the migratory path of the North American flute teacher. Just as they were headed back north for springtime, I was able to catch a terrific North American flute teacher in my flute teacher net. She taught me to play the flute. I only learned one song, the call of the master climber. And then I called the master climber. The master climber scurried down her very tall and steep mountain and taught me the ways and the skills of climbing. I returned then to the cooking school and handily scaled the high stone wall. Scaling is climber lingo for climbed all the way up. Once I was inside, I enrolled in the cookie-baking class. Once I graduated with distinction in the field of chocolate chip cookies, I took a batch of freshly baked chocolate chip cookies to the mouth of a very cozy-looking chess cave, and sure enough, out popped a chess teacher. I learned how to play chess over cookies and milk. Having learned the game of chess, I went back to the swimming pool. I did not beat the swim coach in chess on my first, second, or fiftieth try, but eventually I beat her. She, as promised, taught me to swim. I had to swim for a long time before a good sailing instructor sailed by, and I pretended to just be swimming casually, you know, for fun, when the not-so-good sailing instructors would ahoy at me. Sailing people are always yelling ahoy, and that is actually the very best part of sailing. The sailing instructor, the good one that I finally swam by, hauled me up onto her boat and taught me to sail. With a hearty ahoy, I launched my own sailboat towards the island of the only known Banjo Teacher Tracking Master. It had been a long and unexpected road, but I was very close now to my goal. Soon I would be able to track down a banjo teacher. I landed, and I stepped onto the banjo teacher tracking master's island. There was a path that wound through the thick jungle. I followed the path. It led to a door. I knocked on the door. The banjo teacher tracking master opened the door, and we became friends. We climbed trees, we baked cookies, we played chess, we swam in the waters around the island, we sailed to distant lands and saw wondrous things, and all the while, the banjo teacher tracking master taught me the secret and mystical and subtle art of tracking a wild banjo teacher. When it was time, when I was finally ready, the banjo teacher tracking master sent me on my way. I went back to the forest of banjo teachers. It did not seem nearly so dense or frightening this time. In fact, 
It was alive with the signs and clues of banjo teacher activity now that I knew what to look for. The way the wind blew the banjoy scent through the trees, the snapped twigs, the small little footprints, the scattered remains of banjo strings. These things and more led me to my banjo teacher. And now, finally, I can play you this. play the banjo. The music sails to the... Oh, who's this coming into the... Oh, yeah. This, this rock, I heard blues on the radio, and I was like, yeah, dude, I haven't been on the radio in like forever. I want to be on the radio, too. So, um, hey, ladies and gentlemen, I popped down, and I brought, like, the new single from, like, the super jam puppet funk squad that, like, me and uh, Skeeter and, and Bruce do sometimes, you know, so, like, we'll play that in a second. But also... There's this thing that it says uh, for hosts to read if they'd like to, and I would love to read it, just mainly because I want to be on the radio, like, as much as possible. Like, Stella and Maya, like, you guys got to know how that feels, right? We just kind of, like, want to be on the radio? Yep. Okay, well, here it is. Uh, M of the Petaluma Comedy Festival is coming to Petaluma. <laughs> Sounds amazing. Uh, August 16th to 18th, it's going to feature a variety of stand-up comedy, theme shows, live podcasts, and more. And it's going to all happen in Petaluma. Thursday is going to have Brian Posehn, Friday's Sklar Brothers, Scott Thompson from Kids in the Hall, Todd Glass. There's going to be music. Saturday's got a lineup announced. It already includes a live taping of the Crab Feast podcast. And there's a live show of KPCA's own Benedetta at the mid... Uh, what? Stella? Is that a typo? It says there's going to be a live show of KPCA's own Benedettiville at the Mystic Theater? No, that's not a typo. Uh, it's not a typo? That's really happening? Yep. Are you? Can, 
Can I come? Yep. Am I part of that show? Yep. Oh, I gotta show up the movie. Are you? Are you? Well, are you part yeah. of the Benedettiville yeah. family? I totally am. I'm then so you so are sad. in Benedettiville. I'm, I'm so sad. You will I'm, be doing yeah. it. Okay. But, you uh, need to take a nap. Uh, so, uh, let's see. That's going to be Saturday, August 18th. I'm going to put that on my calendar, bro. i got to go tell Skeeter and Bruce. i got to go tell everybody. I, I, Rocco. Have you guys told anybody else in the public lens about this yet? Um, I think I might have told uh, Roscoe. You did? Yeah. Okay. Well, then, um, I'm just going to, okay, we'll tell you what, I'm going to leave you guys with the single to play, and then I just got to jet out, and I can't, I can't wait to tell everybody. Uh, if they need more info, let's see, uh, for but more information. I think information, you should remind Roscoe, you really do need to yeah. tell everybody gonna, in the pocket oh, Except for Blue. I mean, except for Blue. Does Blue yeah, already know? Oh, he's man. right here. He's, like, so sneaky, man. He's always, like, one step ahead of me. Oh. Well, uh, if anybody else needs more information, wait, excuse me, my dear. Uh, if anybody else needs more information, they can visit petalama.com. Um, okay, hey guys, you should totally play my sweet uh, funky single, and then um, oh man, I can't wait. I gotta get out of here. Uh, I gotta go tell everybody. Blue, blue, wait. Uh, blue, um, so it's not yo. blue. That's Rocco. Uh, no. My Rocco, name is Rocco Blastorius. Sorry. <laughs> what if I just start calling you Emmy? Hey, Emmy, blue what's up? Rocco. What? Emmy. Blue was in the studio. It's not Emmy. And Blue was in the studio. Yes. And so I get you and Blue mixed up. I, you are Blue. Yes, I do have beautiful blue eyes. I know. I know. And, and beautiful blue your, fur. Yeah. Well, you know, all of you humans pretty much look the same to puppets. So, like, sometimes I think you're Maya. Or you could be Jen. Or Geo. Really, I have no idea. <laughs> you all there look is the one exact same. Stella has long hair and Geo has... Yeah. Short hair. yeah, I hear it's like pretty gray too. He's like super old or something. <laughs> anyway, okay. So, hey, you guys, so, I seriously gotta go and tell everybody okay. in I'm out of here. Okay. Stella, goodbye. Rocco, wait. Rocco, wait. Whoa. I've never seen a puppet that excited before. Have you guys? No. That was intense. I mean, yeah. The cool thing is that he did bring us his new super funky single, so I'd like to play that. Uh, do you guys have any objections? No? Yes? Okay. Yes, I do. Well, objections are overruled. It's time to get funky on Benedettiville. Benedettiville's small town adventures here on KPCA. John FM. Rocco Blastorius, what did you bring us? Whoa, it's me, Rocco Blastorius, greatest bass player of the Puppet Lands. And uh, my buddy Skeeter and Bruce and I have been cooking up some tasty funky burrito omelets for everybody to try out. And uh, wanted to serve a fresh one up to you this very wonderful summer afternoon. Hey, Bruce, Skeeter, you boys ready over there? Yeah. Yep. Cool. All right. Well, uh, let's kick it in. Okay, you ready? Okay. Uh, I'll, like, I'll count it in. Get ready. Help do Okay, the pedal. First of all, if you're driving or like sitting down, when this starts, like just get ready to move your boot head because this funk is so funky. You know what I mean? So, uh, like maybe pull over, find a safe spot, um, and if you're at home, like make sure there's no like vases around or breakables so that uh, once the groove drops, you're not like thrown around and, and uh, you know breaking grandma's favorite vase. You know, that makes you bad. All right, all right, okay. Now that everybody's totally prepared, let's unleash the funk! 
You guys, I wish that we had a visual feed here so that you could have seen the amazing dance party that erupted in this very room. You can't stop dancing when you start listening to it. I know. Okay, now, we don't have that much time. we got to get right to our credits. We have just oh, enough time no. to listen to this one more time. Yay. So, here I am. When you said one, I thought you kind of meant 1,000, so. Right. <laughs> that is, that is the music that tells you that this is the end of the episode of Benedictical Small Town Adventures. Thanks so much for joining us, you guys. We'll see you next week right here on KPCA, 103.3 FM, streaming live on the net at kpca.fm. Benedettiville is Geo Jones, Phil, and Emmeline Benedetti, and all the stories and silliness in this episode were co-created by Benedettiville with the bonus guest appearance by Zach Morris. Zach, you are one funky beast, man. Thanks for uh, helping out. All the music that you heard was by either Rocco Blastorius and uh, his buddies or Benedettiville. Special thanks this episode to our guests and contributing voices. First of all, there's always Rob, Jared, and John down here at PCA. Thanks, guys. And then there's our sponsors, Ketchup. Pancakes the Magazine. And of course, where would we be without our amazing hosts, Stella and Maya? Thanks, you guys. Thanks for you're coming welcome. back. Oh, you're the well, best. Well, you didn't even ask us. We just decided. Yeah, we're they just. Come. All of us. I, I just showed up at the studio and then they just popped out of the backseat. I didn't even know they were in there. <laughs> it was crazy. Yeah, and then we put um, a clump of hair on your head. And then they did. And you and, didn't even know. I didn't. All right. <laughs> this is a true story. Uh, drop us a line anytime, folks. Mail at benedettiville.com. We've got a website at benedettiville.com. We have a podcast where you can listen to all this stuff. If you miss an episode, oh, heaven forbid, there's a P.O. box, number 336 at the Mail Depot. Check in anytime. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll see you next week. So long, everybody. You guys want to say bye? Bye, Leah and Emmy. Bye, Leah and Emmy. You guys... Okay. Bye-bye, Dragon. So long. Bye-bye, Tati. Bye-bye, Mark.